Hi, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. And I'm Will. And you're listening to The, the Crusading, Crusading Couch. Brilliant. Excellent. I love it. I'm all about it. It's so, like we've done this. It's many times. <laughs> 18, 18, 19 times. Um, this week, month, this month. These are monthly. I'm so glad this isn't weekly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that we don't enjoy them. It just would be... It's just a bitch to like get us all in the same room. And the quality yeah. would be a lot lower. Oh, man. We'd have to do it shorter. We'd have to. Yeah, That'd have to be yeah, quick. Yeah. Ten minutes. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Okay, good. Fine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, the topic for this month is... Uh, the topic. Ch- challenges. Challenges. Uh, we're going to be discussing... Art challenges and in and a bunch of different types of challenges too. Um, we we sort of thought when we were first sort of discussing this topic, we thought of it, it might be about <coughs> skill challenges, but skill challenges are not applicable to all role playing games. Skill challenges are even sort of a thing outside of classic D and D. Uh, there are skill challenges in um, Fate. Now there's a me- mechanic for that, and I just, I just make it up. I don't I've say, done. Yeah, I've done, really. I've done. We did. We did skill challenges in Arcanum Quest. Yeah. Like we did. We did. Uh, you can do you skills. Kind of every single encounter in Eclipse Phase is a skill challenge. It's just not obvious that it's a skill challenge. It doesn't have the formalized rules, but it pretty much is. Like you can't really do the same thing twice. You have to try something new, and you know. Oh. It is, there's elements to it. But there are certain games where skill challenges don't work. Like, Apocalypse War. It's time for my obligatory reference to you are all missing out by not being able to seek in space. <laughs> because, <laughs> my god. That yeah. So, what, what, is, uh, what are some other types of mechanical challenge or ways of presenting a challenge mechanically? Because that's what we were just effectively talking about. The means to mechanically present a challenge and a skill challenge is in most versions of D&D and Pathfinder so you can look that up it's pretty common I don't really want to explain it because it's kind of annoying to yeah, explain if, if you don't know what a skill challenge is stop now go look it up and come back it's very easy to understand <laughs> when you have someone to explain it to you it's like a yeah we're not going to do that because I figure you guys know or have the means to find out. So, skill challenges. Other <laughs> mechanical challenges. Yeah. Puzzles. Yeah, puzzles. Um, which can be riddles or physical puzzles or... I really like physical puzzles. I do also really like physical puzzles, although... you really got to have, like, an estimate on the amount of time that that's going to take because... No- I don't think that sitting there for half an hour to 45 minutes, like, building a thing is... Yeah, yeah. The other thing... In-game is, I think you you lose atmosphere. The other thing about a physical puzzle is my character might be brilliant and intelligent and amazing at puzzles, but I might be really bad at them. And you've got to think about ways to include... if, if you've got to think about ways to include the character's skills and skill roles and how they can use those to help the puzzle. So, like, something that I do is um, some of the puzzles that I've included in games before actually have assembly guides if you're having trouble with them. So, like, I have the players can roll and I will give them the assembly guide. Or if it was, uh, like, a maze, like, you've got a printed-out maze drawn, 
before you run the game, you find a path through that maze, because there's normally multiple through a drawn maze, and then you have that, so you can tell... They can roll to try and work it out, and then be yeah. like, all right, well, if you go this way, maybe that'll help. So I suppose something that, for instance, the riddles run into a lot is that you are as good at solving a riddle as you are, and there's not really... I suppose you can give hints to players, but yeah. there comes a point where it's... You can't give any more hint. Indeed. <laughs> I suppose they negate that in some ways by you often present the riddle to the entire party. Even so though got, one character might be indeed. doing it, you present it to the whole group. So you've got different mm. people thinking, but it's that classic, like Raymond said, you know, a character who's, you know, that's the mechanically their thing, but it's relying on the player's ability to... Yeah. I, I, I really love physical puzzles, but I don't really... Oh, physical puzzles are great. I really I don't really include them anymore, just because of those reasons. When we played Jenga... Yeah. That was great. That was a good to, hacking minigame. To, to, de- to decode the thing. To extract data from yeah, the server. Yeah, that was... Yeah. That was cool. But then you are, like, your character might be the best hacker, but... You might be terrible at Jenga. You might, you, you might have the clumsiest hands, so... Yeah, yeah I guess. I'll, I'll oh, the only way that I can think of is that work is that you actually get, like, a... You get a proportional amount of data to, like, your lo- like your applicable skill. Mm-hmm. That's a thought. That's so kind definitely of like you another get way. The, you get the Jenga piece out, and you might be, like, a terrible hacker, so you only get, like, ten data points yeah. for that. But if you're, like, a really good hacker mm-hmm. and you get one piece out, then you get, like, 80 data points, you know? Yeah, it's so, an order of magnitude more, even yeah. though it was the same amount of effort, arguably, for the player, not necessarily for the character. Yeah, yeah. And it's really yeah. good as well, because it's for the same reason as combat often injects a bit of life into the game. So, like, when you have something cool like that Jenga puzzle, people are interested. They sit up, you know, they want to get in on it. If things have been slowing down a little for whatever reasons, it's a really good tool to use to re-engage people. Yeah. Uh, Another type of challenge, which is different to a puzzle or a skill challenge, is, uh, or a riddle, which is kind of a puzzle. Um, Word puzzle. It's a word puzzle. Uh, is an investigation. Yeah. Um, can often be um, a good, another way of doing a challenge, which is, again, similar to a puzzle. So are we talking um, like but, but you've got I'm a... not talking about like a large-scale investigation. Um, I'm talking like if you're playing... If you're playing traditional fantasy adventure game, be that Dungeons & Dragons or something else, you know, could be whatever... You might be, as a break from the doing dungeon raids or whatever, whatever your campaign is about, you might have, you're in town, you've been doing all your fun in town quirky stuff, but then you come across, uh, you walk into a shop, into one of the shops, and there's two bodies brutally murdered in there. Find out why. Obviously, you would present that in a better way, but basically that, you know, yeah. a, a uh, or or even see that I or, would or consider even more plot rather than actual riddle by itself because it rather I I shouldn't have said murdered. You walk in and you find like someone's been beaten, okay, and that's or or someone's been stole something's been stolen and oh hey it's it's not something worth money but like this is a thing it's not worth a great amount of money you know some kind of small little scene of investigation or even. A room investigation can be f- sat into 
a larger investigation. Yeah, that's what too. I originally thought you were talking about. Was say a kind of you. Well, I was trying to deconstruct having, yeah, it, having the challenge be like you're in a room. Yeah, there are clues. You need to locate yeah. them rather than an actual hole. And there's a bunch of different ways to do that. Like one of one of the investigation games, Gumshoe, actually has. You get the majority of the clues in, in in a room when you're investigating it for free, basically. You don't need to roll because, of, uh. Of, uh, like, you get uh, sort of the forensic clues. Like, there's this book, there's this thing and all that, and it's obvious. And then you can spend things to unveil more about what those clues mean. And that was devised because often if you're doing like a skill based game where you roll your skill and either you succeed or you fail you can end up with players completely missing a plot point because no one could make the roll and there was no means to re-roll or try again yeah and then you've missed that plot point so that's that's why gumshoe does it that oh, way yeah. but there's still i mean i also think if you're have to have players find a plot point by succeeding on a roll then that's you you can do better mm. if, I mean, if it's if it's a mandatory plot point something they need to hit well yeah so that's why gumshoe doesn't do that yeah a game about investigation like you still have to look for clues and you can find more clues by thinking outside the box but you get the bare minimum of clues needed to advance the plot Mm. Uh, up front in scenes and then you have to work out how those things relate like oh you're investigating insane Batman well you're in a room full of pigeons and there's a book find the Batman and there's a book about giraffes and it's like well contextually as the player I know these things probably matter but I have no idea how. And that's like a really over-the-top exaggerated example. Yeah. But that's like a way, you know, fit, fitting, fitting uh, informational pieces together can be another challenge and another kind of puzzle mm. in a way. Um, perhaps something about combat? Does anyone have an idea about how to make combat more of a challenge rather than, rather than it just being a fight to advance whatever and serve whatever purpose it's actually something that is designed specifically to challenge a player or a group i mean i sort of think most combat should be in some way specifically designed to challenge a group mm. uh, although there are a few other uses for it but i mean you've got things like making use of environment providing them with uh tools or obstacles uh etc etc when I was first going, like designing environments and stuff like that, I always wanted to make like a escape clause. Yeah, pretty much like an environmental thing that you can trigger that not necessarily basically insta kills what you're fighting, but mm. it basically insta kills what you're fighting. <laughs> it changes the. That's when the that's when the D and D system was like the Pathfinder system was the system of choice because mm. yeah. like. After playing a lot of that and realizing that combats just go on and on and on, go on and on and on and on forever. Um, you wanted, I wanted ways that players could be creative to get their characters to just end the combat. Some kind of lightning tornado of death. 
<laughs> oh no, not that kind of thing. Just something like I don't know, like there's um, I, you're, you're fighting in a lumber yard or something like that, and there's sawn logs that are just sitting mm. on a hill and what happens is the big strong character leaves the tank roll and he goes over there and he knocks the supports out and then all of the all of the logs come crashing yeah. down I on the Goliath thing that you're fighting and then it's done. I think that kind of stuff is something that more um, more intermediate GMs need to look at. People people that have people that have run a few games and now want to and are actively want to tell better stories and engage their players more that's the sort of stuff you want to be looking at how is that obvious you want to make that kind of stuff as well well I guess but I'm just talking about like um, where you go sorry um, no 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 three players and they came across an enchanted mirror and basically had to fight uh, reflections of themselves none of them at any point fought to smash the mirror which really surprised me in hindsight, because I totally prepared How that many a, of them had played Pathfinder? Um, t- this was in World of Darkness. Yeah. Um, but two of them Also, it's possible that if you're... You can't just... Dis- normally, you can't destroy a magic item in Pathfinder, for example. Um, at all. Through yeah. mundane means, you have to do a thing. They're, like, invulnerable to normal damage. So it might have even... And that's often a trope of many magical things. So I will... Wouldn't be surprised if perhaps their um, previous assumptions about magic items caused that. Because they're like, oh, it's a mirror. It's going to be invulnerable to mundane attack. I totally could have solved that problem. I put their fist through. I totally could have just smashed the, <laughs> the glass. I think that one, one of the ways that you can do the combat thing, though, other than like including environmental failsafes or whatever... Yeah. Is that's that, more just spicing up yeah, combat yeah. well this is also like spicing up like making it a, you can make it meaningful mm. so I think that the way that you get a, one of the ways that you can get away from an encounter is by making it mean something yeah giving it actual stakes like a lot of a lot of beginner GMs and this isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just that I tend to find as people play more they want more detailed story and they want things with more meaning to them. Uh-huh. Um, you you want stakes. Like a beginning a beginning adventure might just be you're a bunch of random people, not tied to any community or group, traveling around doing adventuring things. You come into town, you find the adventure point, you go do it, you adventure through it. Whereas if yeah, and so a lot of the times you're fighting in a situation just sort of to get through it. You're fighting to fight. Whereas if you give them some kind of actual reason to fight, you know, you're trying to defend these people or these people want you to pay taxes and you desperately do not want to pay taxes. Whatever. Whatever motivates your players, giving that something, some kind of stake, or, you know, if your players have relationships in the community, you know, these guys are threatening your wife, these guys are threatening your child, you know. Something else I find that's actually quite effective is putting in uh, adversaries that are far stronger than your actual group. So having have encounters yeah. they actually have to run from. My... Because then it becomes, sorry, but no, 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 it's you not go. a, uh, oh, we're fighting through this fight that we're going to win because we know the challenge rating has been set. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You have 
uh, encounters in it, they go, oh shit, you know, this might actually be above our level. Maybe we should think about running. And then it becomes a very different. Yeah, uh, that's that's another yes. way. That's another way. Foolish. Foolish. That's another. Foolish. When do fucking players think about running? They Pretty don't. much everyone. Ex- players don't run. Everyone. <laughs> ah, we're walking. Everyone except your party that has been run through the ships in the night. I have conflict. I have run games. They all ran away. Everyone has chosen to to do everything bar fight um, Project Night. I have seen no one since your group shoot it. And it's a risk. it can be risky, but I've run games where there's been encounters where if they didn't run, they would die. Yeah, uh, so the ships in the night there could say intro scenario that I designed, which we will be posting sometime soon. We have a second version of it that's coming up. Mysterious. Mm. Um, that presents a... A single enemy that is more well equipped, more well trained, and more powerful in combat specifically than the players are combined. And like the purpose of that was not, haha, I shall murder the players. The purpose was, you can't solve this fight with violence and get out in any way that is resembles a win. Like Kim's Kim was the first it was in the first group that we ran this with, the first ships in the night game, which is up on the site. Mm-hmm. And two of you escaped, one of you died, and the entire ship that you were trying to salvage was destroyed. If I recall correctly. Antimatter grenades are a bitch. It was yeah, yeah. It was it, it was just like it was tough. I often yeah. find like after trying a couple of ideas like to try and get out of the situation i'm just like well none of those worked so i'm just gonna go with the obvious one now and that is like fight it i guess yeah. i don't really want to i tried not i think some of that is from a bit of uh D&D culture where it is you go you know you go and fight the thing like yeah that's the game you fight the thing to win the thing yeah and that that happens that's you said the obvious choice yeah it is it does seem like an obvious choice and most role-playing games include some means for characters to do violence so often people assume that they need to have characters at least in some way capable of doing violence you can't make a D&D character that doesn't have a capacity for violence you can make a character that is a pacifist or is non-lethal but they're still equipped to murder people like the and a lot of the times those characters find creative ways yeah like you can you can take you can play a monk in Pathfinder and take the vow of pacifism I can't remember what it's called Pretty sure it's just about pacifism. Yeah, but you still you can at any time choose to break that vow and just murder somebody, and there are consequences mechanically for that. But you're still capable of violence. Where other there are other role playing games where even though there are plenty of avenues for violence, not every character is built to be capable of that. Like mm. in Eclipse Phase very easy to or delta green or call of cthulhu a lot of horror games you can have 
even though violence is often expected from a scenario, not every character is expected to be effective or even useful in violence. And so that that presents a challenge as a GM in how to write stories for those characters, but it also prevents your players with challenges of, well, we don't have any capacity for violence, and there's a guy standing in front of us with a minigun full of death bullets who's determined to surrender unto us death bullets made of death. What do we do? How are we going to get out of this? Die. <laughs> I, got no, I got no ideas. Maybe we can hack the death bullets and turn them into life bullets through hacking. It can be tricky sometimes because it plays... One thing that needs to be said for challenges, it's always easier... It's to feel like you people should know what they're doing when mm. you know the answer. Oh, yeah, totally. And people can become frustrated sometimes when they can't think of the answer uh, and they perceive it there is no way out. Um, yeah. So, for instance, like, you know, in that situation, of the, there might be people who just like, oh, no idea. It's like, oh, what, what is the point? We're going to die. Yeah. And then... Yeah, there, there's another discussion to be had underneath that, but it's completely irrelevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, you got to be careful about. Um, you got to be careful about f- over frustrating your players with challenge. Yeah. Um, That's why well, I kind of like a. Um, I like a good. I like a good skill challenge. Yeah. I do like that because. Sometimes in a lot of like this is probably isn't actually maybe a problem for a lot of people. I mm. don't know. This is maybe one of my misconceptions. No, oh, we'll see. But Later. um, but uh, I think that sometimes you just want a little bit of a break from the story. Mm. And so I like a skill challenge because it's a way of using your character. Usually in the ways that the character was designed to be used. So it gives you a little bit of gratification from the fact that the things that you have made your character be good at, it has the perfect opportunity to be good at doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, also the, the thing that you... It, and and yeah. it just gets through. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it eats up like a little bit like you do seven rounds of a skill challenge or something like that. You have to be creative, but usually it's just to an end game. Seven so rounds... kind of like get to... Yeah. Location. Here is the goal. Get away from thing. In, in like escape in a car chase yeah, or something yeah. like that, or escape on uh, escape in some kind of chase on foot or something like that. And you in, can use all of these skills yeah. to get you through that challenge, and then you have the sense of accomplishment at the end of it. You've used your character usually in the ways that your character is supposed to be used, but you've also had to be creative. So it ticks a lot of boxes, mm-hmm. and it allows players I think to just focus down on me or us objective use us to get objective yeah. but it yeah it still makes it still makes for interesting play if not for interesting storytelling it's interesting that you say that because I would say that a skill challenge as opposed to combat in d d mm-hmm. is way better storytelling device than the way combat is played oh in yeah because yeah. in combat in d d 
occasionally you'll get characters that describe their attacks. But we've just been talking about like ways. raising the stake. Yeah, and no, then making it specific for the mm. specific yeah. for characters or making it meaningful to them. Yeah. And I've been kind of thinking in terms of like one way that you can make it meaningful is story wise. So rather than fighting the pack of direwolves, you are actually fighting. Not your arch nemesis, but something, a character that could be relatable or at least reoccurring for the playing characters to actually fight. Like, that is one of the ways that I was thinking that you could actually raise the stakes by increasing the gravitas of the fight rather than actually changing anything in the fight mechanically. Whereas the skill challenge can give the feeling of freshness through mechanics alone. Yes. Yeah, the skill challenge, the thing that I was trying to say before, the skill challenge as opposed to combat in D&D and is by its nature much like, um, and this is the thing that I love about Apocalypse World and all the Apocalypse World games, skill challenge forces the player to be descriptive. You can't succeed in a skill challenge by just saying, I use my I use my acrobatic skill. It's like, okay, how do you use your acrobatic skill? Your skill role needs to be something that can help the group. So how does your one character being good at acrobatics help everyone to cross this river? It's like, mm, okay. So I'm going to climb up one of the trees and then like do like a dive over the river uh, with a rope tied to me. And then I'm going to tie that rope to a tree and then everyone else can like scurry along the rope. So that's how my acrobatics is helping everyone get across like you have to be not necessarily heaps descriptive but you have to be more descriptive than what you normally are in combat oh I swing my sword at him and I hit him and then I do 8 damage it's like cool Next, who's next? Who yeah. wants to describe like, their attack? I like using skill challenges in all kinds of games, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, they normally darkness. they normally like, fit quite well. I like well. seeing it appear. Like maybe probably like seeing it appear in Fate. I like the yeah, way. I the like, Fate one is really interesting. I like the way that you could possibly do like a like a skill challenge in Eclipse Phase as well. You could do skill challenges in Eclipse Phase. I can think of one really great way that it would work narratively and mechanically without like changing the way the game is played mm. uh, or the the narrative that you tell and that would be in preparation for some kind of scam like oh we need to get into this facility to look at what they're doing in there how are we going to do that okay well uh everyone we're going to do six we're going to do three rounds everyone gets to do one thing each round you can't do the same thing that you tried to do last round and then how is that going to help whoever you're going to get into the place get in and so oh well I'm going to roll networking to find someone that works there. Or I'm going to roll okay. disguise to make a disguise. So we've got things like combat and we've got things like puzzles and other types of things. We talked about uh, increasing the stakes by, for instance, storytelling. What do we think of, say, social challenges? I think social challenge is... Hmm. So I it's think a I actually tried to make a social challenge... Social challenge in Raymond's yeah. birthday yeah. eclipse phase game. Yeah, you were we in the yeah. room it up. in the 18th yeah. century. We, we as the players fucked it up. Thing and like yeah. basically like the way that I had in mind is that uh, like people would see the scenario and then they'd like go into that game was called What Would You Do, isn't it? Yeah, what would 
Yeah, I think it was called Bonkers. Yeah, what would you do? It's an Eclipse Phase game. You can look it up on the podcast. Yeah, and then you would like the 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 image that I had for the scenarios that you get in there, and it was like the the social characters' time to shine. Yeah. They were going to go in there, mingle, and get the bits of information through basically like. Yeah, applying their like, like, yeah, 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 interacting, exactly. applying yeah. their trade, and then you were going to come out with the relevant information, and then went, make one action on that, and then that would end that particular scenario. Yeah, it didn't didn't quite wind up that Raymond way. Raymond was just like, "I'm going to go find the person that I need to find in this." In, 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 in this scenario and basically like beat the information out of them whereas everyone uh, I'm not going to reveal I mean that. it was more browbeat out of them rather than like physically fight I was like I know I know that you're just an actor in this piece so tell me the fucking info that I need to know Some... rather than all this bullshit acting I think was more as opposed to like physically fighting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. got pretty heated. Yeah, it, physically- yep. it did, but it not did. because <laughs> not because I was punching on. <laughs> I think it was the octopus raven that led to it devolving into a fight. They like got noticed by security doing something unsavory. And we didn't help. I, I remember thinking with Jeffy dies that at uh, one point the social challenge I think he walked away from you at one point yeah he was like yeah yeah uh, I do remember like, him walking oh, away from me uh, which is always a fun I, I I certainly like social challenges and I find them to be a lot more they're not the you win or you don't yeah it's very easy to get uh, it's it, it can, to get an ambiguous result yeah I definitely yeah. I definitely because you're usually in there not to like the goal is to get information about something Mm. And you may not necessarily get the information that you went in there for. You may get information. You may actually get the information that you want, but you don't realize that you've got it. Yeah. It wasn't like the answer that you were expecting or uh, you get information like, well, you might get five bits of information that all encircle the key piece of information that you actually went into that social situation to get. Yeah. You don't get it and you have to it takes you a little bit longer because you've got to use those five other pieces of information to deduce the final answer or something like that you don't get the information you need but you pick up on something that you didn't which you can later use to leverage another result yeah it's good my first game of uh, Monster Hearts which is a Powered by Apocalypse game where you play as teenagers who also happen to be monsters um uh, sort of World of Darkness meets Teen Wolf um, except better than either. Um, I can be better than Teen Wolf. I know man. it's uh, I the know teens. you're shocked. <laughs> anyway, the point is that was basically even though like we were playing, you know, these powerful monsters and witches and stuff. Um, Apocalypse World games and powered by the Apocalypse games, sorry, are primarily about the interactions between people. Even though like you might be playing a badass vampire or badass um apocalyptic gang member or whatever it's about the relationships between people so that entire first game of monster hearts that i played was basically just a giant social puzzle of sorts and kind of true to that game's themes of being a teenager is like this monstrous experience 
the game that was a social challenge was at a party. And a party is the real-life version of a social challenge. You've got to try and navigate that environment. And so I thought that was both nice narratively, thematically, game mechanics, and it was a good challenge. Trying to, you know, find out why these people were arguing or trying to pick up was... A massive challenge, like who do you focus your attention on and stuff like that. It was. It's interesting to take those real world uh, experiences and um, challenges of life, and then put them into a game without changing them really at all. Yeah. Uh, and like just the act of hitting on someone becomes a puzzle of sorts, a mechanical game puzzle. Just through yeah. that, f- the framing of it as part of the game. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Certainly so. With. Shit. I had a thought. I know you. I can see it on your face that you have a thought. It's it's sitting there it's, somewhere. It is sitting there. It's not like it's, it's inside of you. There's an idea struggling to get should out. Should have written it down. Should have. I got the paper. I got the pencil. No, no. Mine's orange. It was too distracted by a stunning rhetoric. Oh, yes. Indeed. Totally. <laughs> I'm going with something else. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, fuck. Now it's my turn to go. I have a thought. And the thought is gone! I did talk for a while there. I assumed you guys were queuing up the next things. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not MP3 players, man. It's true, there's no shuffle on these babies. Well, something that I wouldn't mind talking about. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> on task. <laughs> Stay in your lanes. So, something that I think would might be interesting is sometimes in a game where... And role-playing games are naturally team efforts. Sometimes, though, you do want to have an encounter that focuses on one character. Um... And how do you guys feel that you should approach that as a GM? Like, it sometimes it makes sense story-wise. Find ways to include the other characters while still remaining the primary actor, so to speak, to be in the spotlight. So, for instance, it's quite effective to have uh, supporting roles, for instance. So, an example that we've certainly previously talked about uh, going on the theme of combat as a challenge is in one of my games... Raymond's character uh, got embroiled in a one-on-one duel uh, in which he attempted to uh, pull off a cunning deception and the other characters who weren't in the duel were basically in the crowd watching and adding uh, to the effect that you've been disarmed and we're now helpless. Yeah, they disarmed and I got disarmed and they started shouting about how without my weapon I was completely useless the crowd. and then that actually drew the person I was fighting in which actually set me up for an attack and normally when you think about in a combat someone setting you up for an attack they like oh they distract them with a with a, an attack from the other direction but this was 
just people shouting and taunting on the sidelines lured that guy in and then I could stab him I think I stabbed him in the throat so, to be honest yeah he was brutal and then I scalped him so Raymond was very much his character was very much the central actor but the others were still able to make roles and think about what they were doing and, and play and actually and I actually would have lost that fight if they hadn't been c- contributing I was like totally fucked that's, so, that's the that's the important I think that's a really important yeah, thing yeah. there is that that the party overall was able to the party as a whole was able to can't overcome that particular adversary even even, even, if even, had, yeah. even though you had a character in the spotlight i think that it's fine at any time to do like a uh, a central character and that's who that's who yeah. it is and that's what they're yeah. that's what they're doing as um, long as you don't get into but, the rut of this week is this character's yeah yeah no, and no, this no, week no, is no, that, yeah. do that i think it's like a time-based thing as well, well. like mm-hmm. no one wants to sit there for an hour yeah having them not be the main focus of attention. I think that you can actually do like a whole sequence where the other characters have nothing to do as long as it goes for like 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. keep it tight. You know, Some and don't do more like, don't do like one after the other, like, like yeah, no, I was like even. If, if your players are very, are really comfortable with improv as well, sometimes you can get them, you can be like, you know, what it's the scenes focus on one character, it's like, well, this scene's probably going to take like half an hour or two, 45 minutes to do. So you can be like, oh, well, you're talking to Sarah, and Sarah, uh, or, or you want to go talk to Sarah, uh, how about you, Kim? You can play yeah. Sarah for this Lord scene. Lord Steve. Lord oh, Steve. I've actually done and this the goose hunt. to great effect. Yeah. Uh, whereas you well, have, I do it in all my Apocalypse yeah, World games. I find it works really well and gives people a chance to have a bit of fun as well, frankly. Yeah. They get to just be a bit off the yeah. chain because people will forgive. That goose hunt. People will forgive that uh, a another player improving an NPC is not necessarily going to be as on point thematically yeah, as like, the as the GM NPC. Basically, would. no prep. They, they yeah. don't really know what's going on with this character, and also I think that it's. It, it, it can be good because it actually like uh, allows for a player to have some hand in the world building yeah, through, yeah, through, through, an, through an NPC. And you'll also be surprised. Some people are really... Some, sometimes they do really good. good. I also think with the whole designing um, this kind of stuff and being inclusive is you need to be wary of... I have seen before pitfalls of um, challenges has been designed that half the party is just not into and we've kind of covered yeah. this a little bit if earlier, your your players can sometimes not be on board for a challenge like uh, a, as a, there's a riddle to get past this door but two of the players really just want to punch shit and they're not interested yeah. in solving the riddle uh, and you either have them taking that away from the players that are keen or just them completely disengaging I can actually think of a great way to solve that problem in a generalist way um if you have two if you have a split of two and two like two characters that will two players that would love to do puzzles and two players that are just there to fight you can actually have like um those players that want to fight you set it up so it's not just a puzzle in a static hallway it's a puzzle on a battlefield yeah. oh, we need to get that door open but it's got some stupid elven riddle on it it's like we'll hold them off that's kind of cool yeah, yeah. See, i would have just done like suck it kind of thing with 
skill challenges, high investment situations, disproportionate party situation, and riddles, I would have just been like, you just gotta solve the riddle, man. Like, just get through it. But with physical puzzles, so Jenga games, other like actual puzzles that you put together, like yeah, the 3D puzzles yeah. that you like to use, forewarning. Yeah, indeed. Say, yeah. People know in, that those are likely to come in up in one of my games. This run, yeah. this is gonna be happening. Is everyone cool indeed. with that? Yeah. And then they go, yeah, 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 I'm fine with that. And then if everyone is like, yeah, but if there's like two people who are just like, I don't want to do a puzzle today, then you're just like, okay, well, I'm that's fine. Take, we'll do take, that a take different Take that challenge out yeah. of today's run, and I'll put it in somewhere else, and yeah. I'll come up with, come up with, come up with something else. Just because I think that it's often I think that you can really ex like. Yeah. You can overuse. There is uh, probably like a minimum amount of time that that physical puzzle is going to take. Yeah. Whereas people have the ability, or at least have the chance, to like race through those riddles or race through a skill challenge or something like that. So mm. you can get that kind of challenge done mm. if people aren't interested in it. I didn't think about this until I started including those crystal 3D puzzles in my games. Um, I time myself when I build them mm. because I want to beat my times when I build them again. And I, I don't really have that kind of nature on anything else that I do. It's only those 3D puzzles. Uh, it's the only thing where I strive to beat personal bests. Um, but they actually help me when I'm including them in a game. It's like, well, I did that the first time in 45 minutes and the second time in 22. So I know it's probably going to take at least half an hour for someone that's not great at... That's not... Uh, well versed in puzzles uh, probably at max an hour so I know how long that puzzle is going to take and that's assuming it's just one person it might go faster if they're working together you see I reckon it will take more time if there's more people it depends I on agree. the kind of puzzle some part like um like yeah, if it whatever yeah, yeah if it's like a large flat table puzzle yeah like a jigsaw. Oh yeah, that goes those faster. go faster together. Yeah. But those three D puzzles, you're right. They are they are harder with more people. Yeah, I don't like think that anyone's ever. Fuck man, I wanted to include a physical puzzle in our Canaan quest. Mm -hmm. That bit where that you found guys found really easy because we were really just doing it by description, where you had to put the mural together. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to you, you guys to do one of those little slidey like oh, you've got the one space cool. free and you got to slide the pieces around to make you the... did have a physical puzzle in there I remember we had to pause the recording for it we didn't even pause the recording actually we just kept talking it was um it was this micro puzzle and it actually you didn't you didn't fully disassemble it you took it you took it apart into uh, a bunch of large chunks it was a black and white puzzle it took me about 45 minutes to finish it black fuck what? I'm just telling you what the physical puzzle was. It I was a puzzle in it. your room, but in we, your parents' room. Definitely didn't spend 45 minutes on it. Oh, well, it felt like it. In at my the parents? Time. When we were, the last run was at your parents' place. Oh, it was too. It was the first Crusading Couch episode was done there as well. Ah. I remember this puzzle. Okay. So you did include a physical puzzle, but it was not necessarily the one you wanted to include. So the point still stands. Did I do it for that scenario where you had to build the mural no, back together? No, it wasn't for the mural. It was something else, I think. Oh, it might have been for a mosaic. I remember a mosaic being tied to this thing that I was building. But they might be two different things. No, it's probably the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I think you might have started doing it as a description and then was like, nah, fuck it. 
I've got this thing. Cerebral. Yeah, that might. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not. <laughs> um, Kim is blown away by my memory. I, I always remember a puzzle. I like, um... I remember I'm, wanting to do it and then I remember not being able to and I didn't then, remember yeah, the being able it. to do it in the end. Yeah. yeah. I like time limits with puzzles as well. Yeah, Probably time one of my most cool. memorable puzzles is when we were doing the little sliding physical things around to unlock a door in a passageway that was filling up with water. And our storyteller was not shy and saying, "You guys are getting." Oh, dying. I remember. Th- I yeah. remember that. And I, we managed to solve it like a few seconds yeah, before, before we, we suffocated. Were gonna die. That was uh, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, I can't remember why we were in that door. And actually, that scene did include the thing that I was talking about before, where you have one player, some players focusing on the puzzle, other players focusing on something else, because it was yeah. like s- evil slime yeah, attacking yeah. players at the other end of that corridor. Really cool. I remember, I remember the paladin A fighting them. A lot of this seems to be pertaining to like a single objective so like we're talking about like with the getting information like specific information or there's lots of getting away like get through the door like there's kind of like physical challenges the nature challenges and puzzles like like combat are there as obstacles they're things that are meant to be in your way they shouldn't in, in, from a narrative perspective, they probably should never just be in their cos. They should always be there because they are either v- understanding them as vital to advancing the plot or they are actually some kind of physical obstacle. Yeah. So I can see like a way that a door works all the time, like yeah. whether you're playing in like, like, whoa, door would be awesome in a horror game. Mm. Holy shit. <laughs> My eyes are already watering through the anticipation of that scenario. Don't fucking... I'll stab you. (laughs) And then, like, I can see that it would work in, like, a sci-fi game or something like that. And then a fantasy game is, like, pretty pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, Puzzles? For, 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 like, a door, either through riddles or through an actual physical puzzle. What... Hmm. What doesn't work, do you think? It's interesting, puzzles and riddles is one of the few areas where, like, I mean, it's not one of the few areas, but it's interesting how much puzzles and riddles tend to cross over really easy into sci-fi games. Especially if you're going for a sci-fi games where, like, for instance, in Eclipse Phase, you can put a puzzle and a a riddle in Eclipse Phase really easy. We're just having it be like, the hacker guy that designed this vault is an asshole who loves... Wizard of Oz. So enjoy these Wizard of Oz puzzles and riddles. It'll be like that Doctor Who episode where they have to get through all the doors and the crew have, like, uh, the previous crew put in, like, all the questions and, yeah. it's, like, yeah. trivia and you're... Oh, yeah. Man, it's a Ooh, tri- that'd be oh. a great Eclipse Space yeah. scenario. Yeah. And it's trivia, like, about the previous crew or whatever. And it's like, how the fuck do we... Well, it was just, like, normal trivia. It was oh, just yeah, kind yeah. of, like, who released Toxic or something like that, you know? Yeah. It could be interesting if you did that with, um... The way that I would include that in an Eclipse Phase game is I would only do it with players that I know had read the books pretty thoroughly and were really into the scenario setting. Uh-huh. So players like myself. Um, and I'd have them be about stuff in the world. We're like, yeah. oh, who is, uh, who is the famous designer that... Uh, has a series of uh, dresses based on the uh, planets of the solar system. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, but I know you I don't wouldn't. Know. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even inc- like include it 
like limited to that. Like you could, yeah. you could definitely do like a general knowledge kind of thing. Yeah, there's a bit in the firewall book where they talk about how the firewall network is full of esoteric knowledge and how sometimes you'll have people saying, "How do you build a nuclear weapon?" Or they'll ask, "Who won the Super Bowl in 1960, in 1979?" And it's like, it's just all sorts of esoteric trivia on the because of the fact you're trying to get into like secret caches and shit but um there are certainly some things that work for some settings that don't work for others anything that doesn't work for another setting yeah, well, I, think, so I think that riddles and physical puzzles like Raymond said are really easy to move across because I think that they are very context I think well, no, they're I, think, a- I think that they're very representative okay. so you can actually yeah. kind of say this thing some puzzle whatever isn't actually that but it represents this and then you just go a lot of the you can kind of like cover that in one statement makes it relevant whereas i think that other thing other challenges Potentially, when you guys think of the ones that don't work, because I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I can I can think of challenges <laughs> yeah. don't work that don't work in specific games because the games don't really allow for those kinds of things. So like um, uh, a role playing game that is based around politicians navigating chambers, for example, as in like the where they work. The chambers mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. often what they call. Mm-hmm. That's not going to have a lot of combat scenarios in it, cause pretty sure those janitors. Pretty sure that John Howard and Tony Abbott and whatnot are not like back behind stage fighting ninjas. In between, I mean that is also probably a game. There is a game where you play as the Mecca president of the United States trying to retake Mecca America from evil people. <laughs> you know, there's weird, some weird roleplay games out there. Um, but yeah, I think that the thing about moving stuff across stu- puzzles and whatnot and whatever challenge, they can be moved across, but it's all about knowing how to skin them properly. So sometimes people will say, this door has this... Uh, puzzle that you have to solve to get through it. And it's like, okay, but like, is that puzzle the doorknob? Or like, how, how does this puzzle, like, how does, how does this sigil that is painted on the building that I need to put blood through in the right way to get it to connect, how is that actually built in this place? Is it magical? No, it's mechanical. It's like, okay, so how is it mechanical? How? You just complete a circuit. Oh, okay. Yeah, blood. blood. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely. I'm not saying you can't do it's that. It's an eldritch circuit. Uh, you just said it was magic. Yeah, but it's all about it's all about the way you choose to frame <laughs> stuff. So, like, if you just say, "Oh, yeah, there's a sun puzzle," and that's the hacking thing. It's like if you're playing in a modern game mm. that's contemporary to now. Like, if you're playing Delta Green or something, uh, th- or um, Knights Black Agents, where you're just normal people trying to do espionage shit in the modern day. Like, you can't include a puzzle like that as a hacking minigame, because that's not what... Ha- that doesn't in any way represent, really, what hacking is like. Like, it's a poor abstraction to have the sun for the modern thing, but it works for eclipse phase where the internet, the mesh, can be like a hallucination, or for really uh, any cyberpunk game. You're actually in symbol space, like, physically yeah. moving these pieces about, but you're creating an electronic thing yeah whereas like in in um 
in a modern game, you would do a different puzzle. Like, you might do a math puzzle, um, which I think is underused. Um, it's certainly not a thing that I would use, because I'm not great at math, yeah, I'm so good. I'm not great at thinking Yeah, just, can you just give him a Sudoku. Give him a Sudoku? Oh, God. Um, I was thinking more like a formula to solve would work really great as a hacking minigame, um, if you were doing something in, the cont- in a contemporary. Like, not a really complicated formula, but some kind of formula. You know. I don't know, if you were trying to get past something, you could actually do one of those, you know, um, like lots of things. A Sudoku could uh, represent, um, I can't remember the name of the cipher, but there's a cipher where you jump over the, the middle. Of a yeah, thing. I know that yeah. one, but you could also do that with like the, get all the combinations of the words using the, le- using yeah. the letter oh, yeah. and have the central letter in all of the words, because that would be like... The central letter is like because lots yeah, of ha- like lots code. of encryption stuff is like there's a center of the map and that's kind of that's the key. Yeah. And then you're decoding everything around it, which are these things that you already know and you've been given that as like a lot of a the- lot of word games like Boggle and stuff also work great for generating passwords. So vice versa can be used you know you yeah you're decrypting yeah. like a password as well like through yeah. that thing so yeah. you know you could do, you could definitely do stuff like that because that's very that's kim kim's lumberyard example from earlier about you're in a lumberyard and there's some logs piled up that works in any setting where it is conceivable timber is being harvested so that yeah, works from like being harvested you can replace it with there's a bunch re- of industrial yeah. pylons yeah you're so, yeah you just yeah. make it with you fucking pylons yeah there's 10 squids all trussled up yeah there's a bunch of squids trussled over there yeah cool yeah so yeah I think uh, that's actually a lot more generally applicable than I thought it was going to be yeah to be honest um, yeah, I'm, indeed. I'm definitely I think when, when, when you started talking about like what puzzles can't be transferred over, I realised that really the challenge is not transferring over the puzzle. Uh, it's uh, in, uh, challenge. Ah, yes. It's actually Chal- skinning. Chal- it's skinning your puzzle uh, correctly. Um, and that's really <laughs> a good bit of general advice for including challenges in your yeah. game. It's not just about... It's very easy to just pick a puzzle and included in your game but how you actually make that puzzle fit into your game world is uh probably uh the real thing you need to be worrying about um but yeah indeed uh yeah so one we've come up with a list of things like a list of different types of challenges skill challenges riddles and stuff like that one like this is first time I've ever asked for audience interaction but I really want to know like what we missed yeah other mechanically formats please, of challenge please give us more mechanical formats of challenges because I want to know yeah besides the skill challenge like and including a physical puzzle I can't really think of another mechanical thing that isn't just a different take on a skill challenge like I can't remember what the fake term is but it's basically yeah. a skill challenge well, I also, think that your investigation example is quite good mm. you, you actually have a combination between creativity spontaneous dialogue and skills like I'm yeah. thinking eclipse phase here basically yeah. you can use like perception you can use investigate you can use 
uh, any of the special academic things. Like you can work, you yeah. can use protocol to work out what might be something. What's the ne- psychology? As yeah, when like you an academic when skill, you guys you know? um, when you guys in a cops phase go to a crime scene and like you get stuck. It's like roll protocol to work out what the next thing you should do is. You haven't interviewed the butler yet. Go interview the butler. Or I can use the profession police procedures or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know. Those sorts of things. I like the, the the marriage. Those I'm stuck. Give me a bone. That isn't just yeah. me asking you to give me a bone. Well, not necessarily that. Well, um, yeah. I, and, yeah, and the other. Yeah, ones. I like the I like the way that sometimes we get through an entire like interrogation without having to use a skill. Yeah. Whereas if you get stuck in the interrogation because you asked the wrong question or you fucking triggered them or something, or you just like can't that, think you can of use, the right thing. You can use like intimidate. Mm. Yeah. to actually kind of like brute force an answer out of that or if you're feeling particularly risky you can just like hack their brain yeah just shoot them too shooting them is always good <laughs> bring them back later and then interview them again yeah when they're more stressed yeah indeed <laughs> alright cool um so yeah no, I, I like it definitely I think- transferable across genres We've got a list of skill challenge mechanics. We want more. Indeed. Also, uh, tell us your favourites. Don't be afraid to uh, make one character the spotlight. Yeah, indeed. We we always like to hear from you guys. So, like, if you have any questions about what we've talked about today... Um, or any suggestions for future topics of Crusading Couch, or even even games uh, you'd like us to play in the future as our actual play series, then please uh, talk to us. Uh, if you have, if you uh, would like some advice or something as well, you uh, feel free to talk to us either on Twitter. You can talk to us on our Facebook community. You can email us at insertquest here at gmail.com. Uh, and also, we now have a G Plus community. If you're on G Plus, I know that's very popular with you gamer folk out there who game. Uh, So, by all means, uh, you can hit us up on there. uh, And you can just find that by searching for insert quest here. Uh, Can't use them square brackets that we love on Facebook, though, but pretty much everything else has them. Um, So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, But for now, farewell from the past. (laughs) I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. And I'm Will. And you've been listening to The Crusading Couch. Oh, yeah.